The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Brianna Price. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of our sponsors who believe in advancing commerce and community here in Winter Haven. The Low Payment Kings, powered by the Mahalik Auto Group, is proud to be sponsoring Season 5 of the Winter Haven Chamber Podcast. Hello, I'm Alex Mahalik. The Mahalik Auto Group is a family-owned and operated business, first founded in 1966 in Michigan by Ralph Mahalik Sr. The family opened Winter Haven Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in 1991 and continued to expand in Polk County. We are now running three additional dealerships, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat at Posner Park, Lake Wales, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, and Alfa Romeo Fiat of Winter Haven. Not only are the Low Payment King teams dedicated to finding you the perfect vehicle, we are also focused on building strong relationships within the community and treating our vehicle buyers like family. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of It's Happening in the Haven. I am not Brianna Price. I'm Anna Saavedra, Membership and Sponsorship Development Manager here at the Winter Haven Chamber, stepping in today as a guest host. On today's episode, I speak with Shannon Carnavali with UF IFIS Extension Polk County and Dustin Everett with the City of Winter Haven. We talk all things natural resources, including taking a deep dive into our chain of lake system and even talking about possum C-sections. So I hope you enjoy. Shannon and Dustin, welcome to the pod. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes, so excited. Yay. Well, before we get into the meat of our conversation, um, can you t- tell us a little bit about um, yourselves and why you are in Winter Haven? Sure. So as the Natural Resources and Conservation Extension Agent, I'm here to do education for the residents of Polk County. And I am a forester by trade and training and came down to Polk County for the very first time when I interviewed for my job. No kidding. Yes. (laughs) I've loved it ever since and been here about 11 years. From UF, right? Yes, of course. UF Forestry. (laughs) (laughs) Got to put that in there. So I came from outside the state, actually, uh, was born and raised in Michigan and, and uh, was trained in fisheries. So I went to college uh, up north for fisheries and specifically freshwater fisheries. And Florida is a great place to be if you're into fisheries because we have a lot of lakes. We have a lot of fish. It is the uh, fishing capital of the world. And so I came down here and I worked as a fisheries biologist for the state of Florida for a few years. And an opportunity came available with the city of Winter Haven and uh, to be their natural resources manager. And it's, it's really great to be here in Winter Haven. Uh, we have the chain of lakes, a uh, lot of fish in our lakes, and it's really great to, uh, to work here. And eels too, right? <laughs> yes, eels. 
Oh, goodness. We'll have to get to that later. But <laughs> Shannon, um, can you tell us a little bit about what the UF um, IFAS extension is and, and what they do? Absolutely. So UF IFAS extension Polk County is the name of my office. Quite the mouthful. And any extension office in the state is going to be followed by that county. So what extension is, is it's a partnership between the university and local government to provide outreach and education of the resources and research developed at the university to bring that out and make it applicable for your everyday person. Traditionally, that was specific to agriculture and farming and ranching in Florida, but now we've expanded beyond that and we also include things like wildlife and 4-H youth development's always been a part of it, but we also have small farms, nutrition, all sorts of fun things like home canning and Really, if you have any kind of questions, you can call our office and we probably know someone who can answer it. That's awesome. Now, there's an extension office in every county in Florida? There is, yes. Wow. So we have 67 extension offices. There are a couple that are um, research stations. I want to say there's about 10 or 12. Don't quote me on that one. <laughs> um, but we've got one here in Polk County up in Lake Alfred. Awesome. And my office is down in Bartow. Perfect. So you both work in natural resources departments. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what exactly that means and what your day-to-day is like? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people uh, may be unsure about what natural resources are, and that's pretty much anything found in nature, um, air, water, uh, dirt, animals, uh, everything can be almost considered a natural resource. But here in Winter Haven, we're extremely blessed with a lot of natural resources. Our lakes are our principal natural resource. And so, uh through the foresight of the city and realizing the importance of our natural resources, we have a uh, division within the city of Winter Haven dedicated to the natural resources here. And we do a lot of work on our lakes, uh, do a lot of looking at the water quality and, and looking at our stormwater that goes into the lakes to make sure that we don't have any adverse effects so that our lakes are healthy for uh, years to come. And from time to time, you do possum c-sections correct <laughs> well <laughs> yes possums are natural resources and uh you know our day-to-day is often um never the same and it's always crazy there's always some something that comes out of left field where you know there was a osprey with a broken wing somewhere and we went and, and rescued that or um you know a spill on a lake somewhere that we went out and we investigated and and reported to DEP to make sure that remediation efforts were taken and and that kind of stuff so no day is ever the same which is really kind of great um if you if you enjoy that now if you if you like routines and everything the same day to day then natural resources probably isn't a good field for you I would agree (laughs) it's just so much So a little bit of background, Dustin and Shannon were in leadership when I was in class 41, as was I. The best class. The best class. Yes, absolutely. I'm not sorry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And our last day was Health and Human Services Day, and we were eating, I think, San Diego's Mexican Grill at the Mission Winter Haven. And I was sitting with Dustin. We were just talking about things that are going on, and this man just so casually (laughs) drops the fact that he gave a possum, a C-section. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, what had to happen is that, you know, I was driving in the city in a uh, city truck and I was flagged down by somebody uh, because there was a dead possum in the road. And I told the gentleman I'd take care of the possum for him. It's a uh, simple thing to do and, and good customer service. And so I went over there to the possum to, to take it up off the road and noticed that its belly was moving and that it had some baby possums inside of it. So 
uh, took it back to the office and we were able to extract those baby possums and then take it to a animal hospital um, to make sure that they got cared for. That's awesome. How many possums were there? I believe there were six. That's crazy. Like (laughs) just so casually just dropped it like this was an everyday occurrence. I literally (laughs) thought I was dreaming. (laughs) Well, there's so many weird things that happen like that. Like it, it just stuff like weird stuff like that happens all the time, it seems. Shannon, do you have any fun stories like that? Well, I cannot count how many critters people just think it's totally fine to bring into my office alive, dead, (laughs) dead for a week. I mean, the things that show up in our office, Miss Virginia, our receptionist um, at the time, she had a rule that if someone came in holding a box, they were not allowed to open the box (laughs) until she knew if it was for me. And if it was for me, I had to come up to the front desk and get the box from said person so that nobody had to open a box in front of her in case it had a snake. Oh, my God. (laughs) She didn't care if it was alive or dead. She didn't want anything to do with it. I don't blame her, but that's incredible. (laughs) Yes, that happens quite a bit throughout the city. I mean, the the city of Winter Haven, we have several uh, city-owned buildings and things like that. So anytime somebody finds a snake or finds, Mm -hmm. you know, some sort of critter and, you know, just a couple days ago, it was a kitten stuck inside the side of a building somewhere and and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just everything's different. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're trying to do hardcore science, you know, in between (laughs) these kind of episodes. But um, so it's not, I don't want everybody thinking like, I'm just the cat rescue guy (laughs) or the possum C-section guy. I mean, we're we're out there doing some cutting edge science on our lakes and, and doing really well for the resources. But these are just the kind of incidental fly in type yeah. of things that that come in and and uh, kind of add a little spice and variety to what we do. That's awesome. And I feel like now is a really good time to mention that if you have native wildlife, owls, snakes, whatever it is, you don't need to trap it and bring it in, especially if it's a baby. There's a really good chance that mama's right around the corner. Yes. Your best thing to do for our native wildlife is leave it be. That's very good advice for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of people see, you know, a, a young animal and they, they assume that the mom left it and it just needs help. But a lot of times the mom, you know, goes places because they don't always hang out by the babies. They go to find food and, and that kind of stuff. And then they come back and, you know, their baby's the baby. gone. Yeah, the baby's been stolen because he's been rescued. And they mean well. People mean well. Oh, of course, of course. But best to leave them alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned the lakes and and doing important research on the lakes. And and this season of our podcast really is about um, the lakeside lifestyle that we have in here, uh, here in Winter Haven, because of our chain of lake system. Um, So from your perspective, why is it so special to have something like the chain of lakes in our city? Well, from where I come from uh, in Michigan, we had a lot of lakes too, but that's not the case in most places around this country. Um, when I was first out of school, I went and worked in the state of Nebraska, and there was no lakes out there. It was just rivers and creeks and ditches and, and those kinds of things. Now, they have big rivers, but um, they don't have lakes. And there's a lot of cities here in Florida that don't really have lakes. Um, if you look at a map of Florida, the lakes are really kind of clustered up in certain areas, and we're just lucky to live in an area where they're clustered up. Um, you know, the, the lakes that we have here in this community are um, extremely cool, too, because they are connected. So even other communities here uh, throughout the state of Florida, if they have lakes, chances are they're not connected, and you can't go from one lake to another. Um, so that just adds a whole new dimension to things here in Winter Haven, and we're extremely blessed by that. 
Yeah, and from an outreach perspective, I love that the residents of Winter Haven are so connected to their lakes. It can be challenging at times in outreach to get people really connected to their natural resources. And the lakes are just, there's such an easy way for people to relate to nature and understand that this is unique to our area. And they can see wildlife and see nature right out their car window or right out their back door if they happen to live lakefront. And that connection is really important in outreach because without an ownership of a natural resource, it's really hard to convince people to care about it. And since the community here grows up with it or, you know, transplants like Dustin and I get to really bond with that natural resource as residents, it makes it a lot easier to tell the story of conservation. One other thing I'd like to add is that um, our lakes are connected, but that doesn't mean they're all the same. Uh, mm-hmm. They have some very unique differences when you go from lake to lake, whether or not you're on the northern chain and you go through the lock and, and go down to the southern chain. Each lake that you go into has its own kind of unique charm to it, and it often has its own unique water quality and clarity and different types of vegetation, different species, of, or not species of fish, but different abundances and densities of, of fish and, and wildlife habitat. So each one of our lakes is unique and, you know, everybody has a lake in their backyard here too, which is another thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just an incredible place to be. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the canals? There's, uh, it's got a long and storied history um, from you know, over a hundred years ago when most of these canals were dug. Now, all the specifics, I'm, I'm not sure I wasn't here or alive at that time. I, I, and, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, no, there's, um, there's a pretty long and storied history on that. Most of these lakes had, had some connections already, right? So the, they may have um, flowed over into each other at times of high water. So you would have marshes that would connect the lakes and, you know, uh, settlers just came in and and did basically what nature was already doing and just kind of helped it out by digging canals through what were probably already interconnected wetlands that connected most of our lakes together. And you can see that when you look at the vegetation types that are there, especially if those areas haven't been developed yet, you can look at it and say, okay, this was likely a wetland at some point. And that will directly relate to some of the calls that Dustin and I both get on issues that residents are having, be it flooding or species challenges, it it often goes back to what that area was pre-development. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's the wetlands that we have on our lakes. That's one of the things that we try to focus on, on trying to rehabilitate some of our wetlands because they're very important uh, to water quality. They help to, to clean the water, water and filter it out uh, as it goes into the lake. And, and so, some of these undeveloped areas where wetlands still exist, they may be heavily degraded, but our team goes in and we try to identify these areas and, and look to see what we can do to restore these wetlands. We just finished a, a large project on the um, southeast side of Lake Conine. That was a multi-million dollar wetland restoration project that is also going to turn into a, a nature park where you know people from the community can go out there and walk along these wetland uh, ponds that we've created. And, and so it's got a dual purpose of, you know, watching uh, the water quality improve in Lake Conine, but also having the recreational opportunities out there. And that's a great example also of an area that once you restore it, the migratory birds come back so quickly. Mm-hmm. So you can see spoonbills out there right now. They're just beautiful. 
they're all over town. I'm like, oh, I'm watching it fly over. I bet that came from Conine. Like, that's the direction it came from. So it's really great. So while Dustin and his team and the rest of the city staff are out there actually, you know, making these projects happen and doing the restoration and doing the sampling and science and sometimes in partnership with the county, I can help educate our residents on why swamps, as they call them, (laughs) is a good thing. And so it also helps with flood protection, provides wildlife habitat, helps preserve our biodiversity. There's just so many things that these wetland areas do for us as a society and that flood protection, especially during hurricanes. So anyone that was here for the 2004 hurricanes, I was not. But we had oh, similar. Was. Yes, <laughs> was <Yeah. fun. laughs> Right. We had very similar effects down in West Palm where I lived at the time. And these wetlands help absorb those floodwaters. And so it provides a natural buffer to excess rain, and it's really beneficial. So we have these wonderful staff out making actual changes and restoration, and then hopefully through outreach from Extension and other organizations, we can help make people aware of all these benefits that come from them. Yeah, that's really important in natural resources, not only uh, to to have the actual um, work taking place on the ground as far as making improvements, but, um, you know, interacting with people and teaching people about our natural resources and about the, the work that we're doing to help improve those natural resources is so important. There's so many things that people can do uh, to help our natural resources. And, and so Shannon's got a really important job of, of trying to educate people. And no I can pressure. tell you guys that uh, from sitting in the back of the bus with you guys uh, <laughs> for leadership days, I learned so much over the 10 months that we were together once a month. It was incredible. Well, I always enjoy talking about, uh, you know, natural resources, and I'm thankful that it's my my job. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, they don't necessarily like talking about their job, but, you know, I got into this field because I loved it. And I think that, you know, to be in natural resources, you really have to love the field, um, you know, because there's there's just so much work, and it's, it's demanding at times. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I'm sure. Anytime you want to go just drive around the county and look at things, you let me know. Oh, I for sure will. <laughs> You know, everybody thinks we have a really fun job um, and they, you know, oh, you guys get to be outside in the sunshine. And and it is it is really there's some really high points, but, you know, they don't see the cloudy, rainy days when we're out there as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a there's a big mix, but I still enjoy natural resources. Now, you guys have talked a lot about uh, water quality and improving the quality. And I know that's been a huge conversation as of recently. Um, especially within Winter Haven. I know the city of Winter Haven is working on the One Water Project, Mm -hmm. different things like that. Um, So aside from that, how is the city of Winter Haven and Polk County as a whole working to protect our water resources? Yeah, so there is a lot of stuff going on. You mentioned the One Water Master Plan. That is, um, you know, that's a really big effort right now. And essentially, uh, you know, it's, it's being spearheaded by the city of Winter Haven, but we're recognizing that, all of our water is really connected, whether or not it's water in the clouds that comes down as rain or water underneath our feet that's in the aquifer or water in our lakes. It's it's all connected um, one way or another throughout the water cycle. And that's really, you know, an important resource that we have here in Winter Haven is our water. And as, you know, more and more people uh, come to this area and, and more and more people come to Florida, I think water is going to uh, have increasing importance. And so focusing in on that resource and seeing what we can do to make improvements, um, whether or not it's improvements in quality, uh, which we hit on earlier with doing restoration projects, but also, 
you know, improvements to quantity and, and making sure that we're, we're holding water. A lot of the water that um, we have here in Winter Haven, it gets sent down and eventually goes out into the ocean uh, in Charlotte Harbor. So, you know, I think by increasing our storage potential here, that's, that's a huge water quantity issue and, and we'll be addressing that, uh, you know, here in the future. Yeah, and so that water storage area that Dustin is talking about, or water storage in general, storing the rain that's that falls, it's because we are entirely a rain-driven ecosystem or a rain-driven system. And so literally every drop of rain that falls in Polk County is trying to leave. It's going south to Charlotte Harbor. It's going south to Lake Okeechobee. It's going west out to Tampa Bay. It's going north up to the St. John's. I mean, every drop of water that falls is leaving so the more areas that we can restore and preserve away from a development, the more rainwater we have the capacity to store in our natural storage facilities like, when I say facilities, I mean the aquifer, those wetlands that absorb rainwater and in our lakes to some extent. And so that is an ongoing conversation between all the municipalities and the county. Dustin and I regularly meet with other leaders in, um, in the natural resources side of water. You know, every month we get together and talk about different projects that are happening. And it's just a great collaborative effort in that regard. And the water supply side is a little bit removed from what I do, so I don't have a lot of information on that. But there's also the Polk Regional Water Cooperative working together on that, the city of Winter Haven is an active participant in the water cooperative. Um, we have a new staff person, Beth Robertson, who works exclusively on water conservation for the Polk Regional Water Cooperative. So there's all sorts of incentives to switch out your toilets and go to low flow irrigation, things like that. And so I think the big story here is that when it comes to surface water like our lakes or our wetlands or our groundwater, which is where all of our drinking water here in Polk County comes from, it's a big team effort and everyone's working together on it. So the more that residents can get involved and really learn about land use and valuing even our ag land where so much of our rainwater falls, that's really important to the water conversation moving forward. Yeah, I, I think Shannon hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, in addition to the quantity, we have the, the quality aspect that we've gone over. And I would like to point out that, you know, even though we have this the city, um, our natural resources team, there's Polk County Natural Resources, there's state DEP, there's state FWC, there's Department of Agriculture. There's a lot of these different entities that are uh, concerned about natural resources in Florida. And one of my principal jobs as natural resources manager is to try and work with all these groups of people to be, we want to be the the leading expert on our lakes because there, there are lakes here in, in the city of Winter Haven. But we want to be able to work with people that may be in Tallahassee or elsewhere, um, you know, to make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. And so that's that's a full-time job in and of itself right there. But. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, I'm Greg Littleton, President and CEO of Citizens Bank and Trust. For over 100 years, Citizens Bank and Trust has been a stable and reliable banking partner in our community. Now in our third generation of family ownership, we strive daily to honor the legacy and traditions created by our founder, Mr. Lap Maxey, by providing outstanding service to our customers and the community. While other banks have changed names, consolidated, closed branches, and scaled back services, Citizens Bank and Trust has continued to expand and grow. 
We have offices throughout Polk County with additional locations in Dade City, Valrico, and our newest office in Plant City. Whether you prefer to bank in person, online, or on the go, our dedicated team of banking professionals is here to help. I invite you to visit citizens-bank.com to find the office nearest you. At Citizens Bank & Trust, we are proud to be your bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, investment advisory products and services, not FDIC insured, not a deposit, not guaranteed, may lose value. Now, Shannon, you mentioned a little bit about um, some things that the public can educate themselves on, but what can listeners do just in general to be an active um, part in conserving our natural resources? So honestly, in my opinion, the best thing that a listener can do to help our natural resources and be more active in conservation is to learn about our local ecosystems, understand where our rain is going and what it's bringing with it when it leaves. So what it's collecting along the way, we call that stormwater runoff, and it collects everything from brake dust to excessive lawn clippings, fertilizer, all sorts of stuff. And those all go right into stormwater drains and shoot directly into our lakes. There's no treatment between the rain falling, hitting the ground, and going into the lakes. So as a listener, as a resident of Winter Haven, if you are, the best thing you can do is learn about those local lake, lake sorry, those local lake ecosystems. Learn what's in your watershed, which is simply an area where all the rain drains to one particular spot, and really try and improve how that rain is hitting your property, whether it's a rental property or an owner property. Control the rainwater that's on your property. Let it seep into the ground instead of going into a stormwater pipe. And after you learn about all that, tell your friends. That's so, a long list, but <laughs> very fun. <laughs> well, to piggyback on what Shannon's saying, um, you know, the stormwater uh, here in Winter Haven, every drop of rain we get is going towards our lakes. Uh, and it the stormwater system is designed to get the water there faster. And so anything around our stormwater system will go in it. Anything that's in our stormwater system will go in the lakes. So let's say you're driving down Cypress Gardens Boulevard and you have a polar pop cup and you decide to throw that bad boy out the window. It's going to go down into our stormwater system and it's going to go out into Lake Lulu or one of our other lakes that we have here with the, you know, with the storm system around it. So that would be one of my advice is, you know, pick up your trash. Don't throw it in the street. Don't, you know, if you see stuff out there blowing around, you know, pick it up. There's, it, it'll take two seconds and it'll keep it from going into our lakes. Now we have different systems kind of installed to try and help remediate that. And we, we go and do trash pickups and cleanups, but the, the easiest thing is to just keep it from getting in our lakes to start with. So that would be one of my principal things the stormwater and, and knowing about that and, and how those things work uh, and how it affects our lakes. I think that's extremely important. And it sounds so small, but keep your grass clippings on your lawn. Like don't let them go in the street or on the sidewalk because they just get washed down into that stormwater pipe. Same thing with if you've got um, trees that drop a lot of leaves at one particular time of the year, you know, collect it up, use it as mulch, keep it on your property. And that will really help our lakes over time. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, um, pollution on lakes is the the main thing when the state DEP is talking about pollution or impairment of lakes, they're talking about nutrients, not of contaminants or things like that, a chemical. They're talking about nutrients, so phosphorus and nitrogen, and those things are in grass clippings. So if you're throwing grass clippings down the drain, 
and it's going out in the lakes, you're adding phosphorus, you're adding nitrogen, you're, you're adding things, uh, you know, like if you're fertilizing your lawn, you live on a lake and you fertilize your lawn right before a rainstorm, it's going to wash off, go into the stormwater system or go into our lakes and that's adding nutrients. And so any lakes that we have here in Winter Haven that have issues, the, the, their impairment is from those nutrients. And so it's, it's really important to realize what you're, what you're putting out there. Absolutely. And you don't have to live lakefront to have that impact. So if you look in your neighborhood, it doesn't matter where you are in Winter Haven. If you see um, some people call them open throats, some people call them um, the gully washer system or the big grates and the swales that the rainwater goes down. If you have those in your neighborhood, which most neighborhoods in Winter Haven do, that is the stormwater system in your neighborhood. So we're not talking just like the huge drains you see on Highway 17. We're talking the little drains that are in every single neighborhood. You can be, you know, a couple miles away from your, well, in Winter Haven, I don't think you could be a couple miles away from a lake, but (laughs) you can be several streets removed from the lake that your stormwater is impacting. Right. Another thing that I'd like to add, because I'm just full of ideas that people can do. I love it. Is, uh, you know, I hate to harp on the the water conservation side of things because everything is, you know, really water conservation, turn off the sink when you brush your teeth and that kind of stuff. And it seems like we have so much water here in Winter Haven when it comes out of the sky, we get hurricanes, it brings rain, we have lakes, we have, you know, we, we have a lot of water. Why do I need to worry about water conservation? And it's, you know, it's really simple that, and it's hard to see because, it's underground, the aquifer mm-hmm. that we get our water from. It's, and it's not an endless, endless supply. Now, the city does a remarkable job keeping up and looking at our aquifer to make sure that we're not tapping too much out of it and that we're not going to go dry and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, right now we're in a time of plenty with water. Um, if we go through a few years of drought, we could be experiencing uh, some hard times when it comes to water, which – you know, that's, that goes back to the storage uh, aspect. If we have more water you know, going in times of drought and we have it stored in, say, reservoirs or those kinds of things, we'll be in better shape. But, you know, just being being mindful of the water that you have and the water that you use. I'm not saying don't use irrigation or don't do those things. It'd be nice if you didn't. But, um, <laughs> you know, just to, just to be mindful. Uh, and, you know, there's some different sprinkle uh, sprinkler regulations out there uh, through the water management district of, you know, specific days and times and those kinds of things. And, you know, follow those, follow those guidelines. And, and, you know, I don't know, do you want to talk a little bit about Florida friendly landscaping? Because that could remove their need for using irrigation. Florida friendly landscaping is a program offered through UF IFOS extension Polk County. We have a wonderful program coordinator in our office. If you have any questions, you can call Julie. She's great. But Florida-friendly landscaping is the concept of planting plants that don't need additional help. So you're planting things that don't need a bunch of additional irrigation, they don't need a bunch of extra fertilizer, and they just do well on their own. And these are plants that you would replace portions of your turf grass lawn with. So you are essentially putting in a landscape bed that requires less irrigation and can significantly cut down on the amount of irrigated area in your yard. Because after these Florida-friendly landscaping plants are established, the idea is that they can survive on rain alone. And during especially dry times, you might need a little bit of extra water, a little bit of extra irrigation. But generally speaking, you can just stop irrigating those areas. And that's a huge thing because we use over half of our water in the state of Florida goes to irrigation. And it's just to make our yards pretty. 
So if we could use a lot less of that, we would be doing so much better. We could, you know, oh gosh, that's a long story. We're not going to get into that. But <laughs> So if you're like me and you don't like working out in your yard, you don't have a, a green thumb and, and you don't like to have a lot of maintenance and that kind of stuff, you know, that Florida friendly landscaping is, is really nice because the, you know, they're native plants that essentially take care of themselves, uh, you know, with the rain and, and all of that. And you experience drought or the end of our growing season and, and they don't die. I don't have to go out in my yard and rip things up. I, you know, it's, uh, it's really nice. And there's a lot of plants, uh, a lot of native plants here that look really well, look mm-hmm. really nice out on, on your lawn. Point of clarification, not all Florida friendly landscaping plants are native. But they all have been assessed to make sure that they are Florida-friendly. They are not going to cause invasive species problems. They're not going to take too much irrigation or additional fertilizer nutrients. Now, where can people go educate themselves about everything you guys have been talking about, besides listening to this podcast, obviously? Well, (laughs) you can call us. (laughs) (laughs) So the Extension Office website is really easier to find if you just use Google than trying to type in our long web address. So you can just Google UFIFIS Extension Polk County or Polk County Extension Florida. There are a surprising number of Polk counties across this country. Keep that in mind. So make sure you put Florida if you're going to Google us. But we're down in Bartow. You can pop in for a class, a workshop. We offer a lot of webinars. I've got a podcast also that's going on, Naturally Florida, where you can get little bite-sized amounts of natural resources and conservation relevant to the whole state and also Central Florida. And Dustin's team puts together an amazing lakes report. If you guys really want to go on a deep dive into our lakes, definitely check out that lakes report. It is available on the city's website, I'm pretty sure, but you can also easily find it with Google. It's interactive on the website. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Is, that is correct. So, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, if you the simple way to get to our website is just go to Google and type in City of Winter Haven Natural Resources. But, um, Love Google. It, yes. It's mywinterhaven.com backslash city backslash departments backslash <laughs> natural resources. But thank you, Shannon, for bringing up the annual lakes report. My team, we... We do an excellent job each year looking at our, our lakes and looking at the water quality and what aspects of our lakes have changed and just constantly keeping track of these things and, and recording that data and, and then looking at changes throughout time. And you can access that annual lakes report from our website. We also have the interactive version, which has kind of different pictures and graphs and things like that. And, um, you know, there's it's not all just science nerdy uh, <laughs> graphs and things like that, but uh, there's some there's some sections in there uh, that are really important. If you have a specific lake in Winter Haven, like let's say you live on Lake Mirror, Lake Cannon, or Lake Howard, you wanted to look up some information like how's my lake doing? You know, I I, I care about my lake. It's mm-hmm. in my backyard. I care about it. How's my lake doing? Is it is it healthy? Is it good? You can go to the in, the interactive annual lakes report or find the uh, the full version on our website and and find that information out. We have, you know, specific sections in there about each lake. So check it out. Awesome. Now, before we get to our last question, I don't want to freak any of our listeners out. <laughs> However, I learned one of our first class days for Leadership Winter Haven that there are eels in our lakes. <laughs> and we learned a lot about eels and I would love for you guys to, to tell everyone about those as well. <laughs> yeah, so they're not the, the crazy they're electric, electric eels. Right? Yeah, okay. There's not anything uh, <laughs> harmful. But here in the United States, we have, uh, you know, one of our 
principal species of eels that we have, at least on the eastern seaboard, is the American eel, Anguilla rostrata. And um, Shannon knows quite a bit about these eels, as do <laughs> I, but um, eels are really cool. So you would think, like, how do we have eels in our lake? We're not connected to the ocean or anything like that. Exactly we, what I thought. <laughs> we, we are connected to the mm-hmm. ocean. It's just there's a lot of things in the way between the ocean and us that we we don't think about. So, you know, these fish, these eels are actually really crazy. They can climb walls and get up over structures and things like that. So as as a college student, I once caught an American eel in uh, Lake Superior in the St. Mary's River. Uh, it was caught in a lamprey trap at, at a hydroelectric dam that I was working at. And eels are born in the ocean, right? And so this thing swam all the way into the heartland of our country. And we have those eels in our lakes now. They're kind of in declining numbers, and there's some things that, you know, to watch out for there. But kind of interesting. Yeah, and there are some great stories about, you know, City of Winter Haven when the lakes get really low or if there's a reason that they're draining down a lake to do some type of treatment, which doesn't happen often at all. But when it does happen, you will see the eels in the bottom of the lake, and people will come out and catch them, and they're good eating from what I've heard. They are slimy, 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 but I hear they taste pretty good. Um, I'll take your word for it (laughs) or someone else's word for it. Anytime you have that sort of population that's easily accessible all at one time, you get people who come out and they just just collect them because it's a bounty of food to, to collect. And it's something you see all over the United States, all over the world. There are really interesting wildlife collections like this that happen when water is low or during, you know, high tides and all sorts of fun things. And the reason that we talked about this so much at Leadership Winter Haven was because I was reading a book called The Secret Life of Eels. Because I was like, eels are super mysterious and amazing. I have to read this book. And I don't know why it came up. I got put on the spot. That's what it was. It was our fun fact. I got put on the spot and I panicked and I started talking about my eel book because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. (laughs) And then Dustin filled in the gaps. It was incredible. (laughs) Eels are cool. They're so cool. (laughs) And I am not a fisheries major like Dustin is. (laughs) Well, the eels we have here, um, really neat species. And guess where they're really popular at, like for food? Where, Where do you think they would be really popular at? I feel like I remember you saying something about the Bermuda Triangle, but I could be making it up. (laughs) Well, the Bermuda Triangle kind of does play into that. That's where they actually spawn out in the Sargasso Sea. That's why they're secret lives. (laughs) Yeah, they secretly go out into the middle of the ocean in the Bermuda Triangle and and, uh, spawn, which uh, for those of you who don't know what spawning is, uh, Google it. But it's a a thing for fish. That's that's what we'll go with. Sounds good. Incredible. So, yeah, these, uh, these eels are um, really important in the uh, trade out in some of the Asiatic countries. They use them in the sushi trade and that kind of thing, too. So the state of Florida actually had to outlaw the, the capture of glass eels, which are the baby eels. They, had to, they actually outlawed the commercial capture of those a few years ago uh, because there were so many of them being harvested off of our, um, off of our oceans and, and getting sent over to Asian countries and, and propagated and reared there for the sushi trade. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we could talk about eels for, for a couple more hours. We might need another podcast for that. <laughs> Pick any An- species. Another episode. Literally any species, I'm pretty sure we could talk about for hours. I, that's what I loved sitting with you guys in the back <laughs> of the bus for. It was so entertaining. And so interesting. I learned so much. Yeah, we're the science nerds. I love it. 
<laughs> I love it. Now, speaking of Leadership Winter Haven, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your experience with Class 41. Um, that best is class. Best, best class. class ever. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> I know some classes might think otherwise, but it's just not true. Um, and this is my personal opinion and not the Chamber's opinion. <laughs> Probably good to clarify that. Yes, good to clarify. <laughs> as a Class 41 member, I'm very biased <laughs> as well. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your experience? We went to so many places, saw so many things. What is something that stood out to you guys? Well, or just it, about the experience as a whole? It was awesome. And it was it was extremely enlightening to me. There's so many things that are going on around us here in Winter Haven and in Polk County, uh, for that matter, every day. Uh, businesses, things like that, that you have never been to, seen stuff happening behind the scenes, a lot of people working to make your life a better place here in the county. And we get a behind the scenes peek at that in, uh, you know, leadership class, we get to see how the sausage is made, so to mm-hmm. speak. And, and mm-hmm. it was just extremely enlightening to me. And I, I feel so much more integrated into the community here, like, and, and having a knowledge of what's going on around me and, and, how many good people we have in this community oh gosh, working right? to make it a better place. Mm-hmm. So what did you think, Shannon? I loved how much I got to learn about Winter Haven. So I've lived in Winter Haven for just over 10 years, but I work in Bartow and my job is countywide. So, you know, my husband would call and he'd be like, hey, meet me on Lake whatever. I'd have no idea where that was or how to get there or what it was around. And he'd be like, oh, well, it's by this sandwich shop that I had never heard of. (laughs) So one of the really nice things about Leadership Winter Haven was how much time I got to spend in Winter Haven just for work. And so I got to learn all these different places, like Dustin was saying, learn about all these different community organizations and businesses. And it was just a really nice grounding experience because I did not know much about Winter Haven at all. I could tell you a lot more about Bartow or random little communities around the county than I could ever tell you about Winter Haven, even though I've lived here for 10 years. So it was just a really wonderful way for me to learn more about the community that I live in and not, you know, have it diluted with the entire county that I focus on for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember the field trips you used to take in school where they took you somewhere and, and you learned so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember as a kid I went to a wastewater treatment plant like you know that's the exciting you got classes now going to you know SeaWorld and Disney and that kind of stuff right I went to a wastewater treatment plant but I learned a lot and these these (laughs) leadership class it's like field trips for adults you get to go we went to a wastewater treatment plant we did and it was awesome (laughs) but you get to go to a lot of different places and and experience a lot of different things and it just I wasn't sure how the class was going to going to be when I first signed up for it. And, and I was just told it's good. It'll be good for you. It'll be good. <laughs> and it was, it was great. Yeah. I, I wish I could do it again. I uh, wish I could do class 42, but right. have to with our class. It, again. it would never be as good as class 41. Might, yeah. I don't know. But one of the great things that I feel like I got out of it was if I have a problem or an issue that I'm trying to solve in Winter Haven, you know, I had some connection to city government through work, But those other community organizations, I feel like I could call them now. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about their mission. I know what they're trying to do. I know where our goals overlap. And I feel like that's a wonderful take home from the leadership program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just the people are awesome, too. In your class, the people you interact with on the trips. Oh, yeah. 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 Make some good friends. You do. It's awesome. 
And if I ever get really lost, I'm just going to call it Anna. (laughs) Anna, who do I talk to about whatever? (laughs) Well, that's what we're here for at the chamber. So anytime you need anything, just let me know. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Like I said, I always love talking to you guys. So I'm really glad that Brie let me guest host this episode. I've been literally raving about you two for months. Especially about the eel situation. But like, anyways. You you can't see now, but I'm blushing. Oh, I know. (laughs) So I'm so glad that we got to do this and sit down and talk about our wonderful natural resources. Is there anything else that you guys want our listeners to know? I know we covered a lot. We did. Well, I would just say feel free to reach out to Extension with pretty much any question you could have. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's nutrition, budget, you know, youth development, anything about you know, natural resources. Mm-hmm. I used to be other on the phone tree. So call with whatever. <laughs> Happy yeah. to talk to you. And you can find me on social media. My handle for Twitter and Instagram is PolkNR for Polk Natural Resources. And I'm happy to help any of our residents with anything that has to do with natural resources. Absolutely. If you live in Winter Haven, and even if you don't live in the city, let's say you live on the edge of the city and you're technically unincorporated or whatever, the city natural resources, we kind of go outside of bounds because our lakes (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't stay within those boundaries and you know reach out to us you see something you know talk talk to us say something because we can't be on every lake we don't know a hundred percent of everything that's going on one of the you know a couple years ago we had a big fuel spill with you know several gallons of diesel fuel going into one of our lakes and the only reason why we were made aware of it was because somebody saw ducks covered in red and they're like, Hey, what is this? Uh, We should maybe call somebody. And they, they called us and we investigated and had DEP uh, involved. So, you know, if you see something on the lakes or if you have a question about natural resources, you, you see a turtle crossing the road and you're afraid of, you know, for it. Uh, I had a call like that this morning. Uh, The turtle couldn't get above the curb to to get into the lake. And so we had to go out there and help it out a little bit. (laughs) Possums and eat C-sections. Try not to make an everyday occurrence out of that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. But thank you very much, Anna. You guys are great. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. It was great. Yeah. Loved it. We'd like to welcome and thank Advent Health for sponsoring Season 5 of our podcast. From stopping a heart attack in its tracks to treating a stroke at the first sign of symptoms, Advent Health is ready for every emergency. And with various locations around Polk County, Advent Health makes it convenient to access award-winning emergency care 24-7. So when minutes matter most, you never have to delay getting the care that can save you or your loved one's life. To find an Advent Health ER near you, visit theerexperts.com. Thank you again to today's guests, Shannon Carnavali and Dustin Everett. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. 
We hope you've learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.